Hey, church, let's give uh, all the moms out there a happy Mother's Day hand. Come on, let's just give them all a big hand. So, so good that you're here today. Happy Mother's Day. So awesome that you're here today. If I haven't had the opportunity to introduce myself, my name is Rick Paladin. I'm the lead pastor here at Bridge City Church, and I'm just so, so thankful that you're here and so thankful that you're here with us today. I believe you're going to leave encouraged and you're going to leave uh, here uh, understanding God's plan for your uh, heart and life in a deeper way. How many of y'all think that's a really good thing? Come on. Yeah, come on. Hey, um, Mother's Day, you know, Mother's Day brings an array of emotion. It really, really does. Um, For some of us, you know, me included now, you know, my mom has gone home to be with the Lord. And so there's like, there's an absence. This is the first Mother's Day that I haven't haven't had her here. Um, And so that can bring about a feeling, you know, an emptiness maybe. Uh, Mother's Day for some, for some women here, Maybe you wanted to have children and you haven't been able to. And Mother's Day brings, back, brings out some frustration or pain. And, and that, that, that's hard to deal with there. Uh, for some, maybe your kids are older and you just would like to have a redo. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, Natalie and I, five kids are 25 up into their 30s now. And yeah, you want to redo there. Or maybe some... Some here today that your kids are younger, okay, and things aren't turning out exactly like the way you thought they would. Anybody? Nobody. Okay, come on, somebody. Yeah. But there's this ray of emotion that Mother's Day brings. As a matter of fact, it hits the spectrum. And unfortunately, if I can just deal with this, right up front, right here, most moms don't like Mother's Day. They don't. They like, like, you'd be around and say, oh, no. Because it feels like a failure. It feels like I fell short. It feels like all these things. And I want to tell you, we're going to throw all that out, and, 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 and we're going to start over. How many of y'all want to hit reset today? Come on. How many guys out there would like to hit reset in your parenting? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, so we're going to take a fresh look at, at Mother's Day. And so if you're here today and you say, well, I don't have kids, or I don't have kids at home, or I don't have kids of my own, um, or, 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 or wherever you are, how many of you all know a mom? Huh, this one's for you. <laughs> See, out of all the influencers in, on, on the planet Earth, out of all the influence, out of all, everybody that has influence, I would say that there's no greater role, R-O-L-E, role, that any influence has than a mom. As a matter of fact, I think the role of a mom is the greatest influence on the planet. If you doubt what I'm saying, just watch the NFL draft. There's all these men getting, getting picked, and there's, there's usually 30, 31, 32, they're in the top level there, that they're the first ones picked. And they always zoom in on them, and they, they, they do these stories about them. And, and most of them, if not all, there's usually one or two that might have a dad in the picture or a man, but the rest are all with their mom. My mom taught me this. I want to stand. My mom did this. My mom did that. My mom. Now, listen, guys. I'm not here picking on you today. I'm here, I'm here to honor, encourage, and support moms and, and women. Are you with me now? But, but you see the importance. You see the value. You see the importance of a mom. And so today, if you say, well, this isn't for me, 
No, this is so that we know how to encourage, support, and honor women and moms. How many of y'all think that's a good thing right there? Come on. See, we're going to learn how to do this better. Because, in, listen, if we in the church world don't know how to do this and we fail to do it, who's going to do it? The schools aren't going to do it. Politics aren't going to do it. Hollywood's not going to do it. Are you with me now? See, the church, I believe that we as the church have the responsibility and the authority to represent and to champion the cause for families and parents out there. That is our role. That is our culture. That's what we want to do. And listen, beyond your feelings, beyond your struggles, beyond your pain, I believe God's going to encourage each and every one of us today. That's what I believe. So we're going to jump into Deuteronomy chapter 5. It's the fifth of the Ten Commandments right here. The fifth of the Ten Commandments. And this is a really, really good one. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet almost every parent in this room has quoted this scripture before. If not... Just stay with me. You will be using it. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Basically, it goes like this in parenting. You're going to do what I say if you want to see your, you know, we want to really see a bedtime today. If you want to get to 3 p.m. today, you're going to honor your father and your mother. Come on, parents. Where are you now? Come on. Don't don't leave me hanging here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, we have said it before, you know. Come on. I want you to live long beyond today. So you're going to honor your father and your mother. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, come on. There's an honor here. And and, and, and so there's a couple things in in this context here that, that, that that says honor. And they're so vitally important. Honor means to fix value. It means to, to giving weight to. It's to evaluate by weight. It's to value, to fix and honor. It's almost, it's, the, it's what we use in a scale to, for gold. That's what we're doing on Mother's Day and with women and, 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 and in kids. And we're championing this cause. You know, Jesus championed the cause of women and, and, and of moms all, all through his ministry. As a matter of fact, yesterday, there was a big group of us from here. We were down in Market Square yesterday in downtown Pittsburgh and giving out flowers to all the ladies walking by and and sharing just the love of Jesus with people. And and, and, and one of the joys it was is to stand up and say that Jesus honors women. Jesus broke the mold and he valued and honored women. That's why we do it. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for for us. Come on, somebody. That's why. And we, we, he honored, he valued here. As a matter of fact, five times, five times in, in the Bible, Jesus is recorded of saying to honor your mother and father. Did you know that? Five times he said it. Jesus said that this is important. This is a big deal here. And so we honor, we fix value here. Come on, that's what we're going to do. We're going to... Um, So why are we going to do this? So that it will go well with you in the promises that you have. As a matter of fact, I believe that one of the ways that young people, young kids, like as these parents stood up here and they committed 
to, 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 to their household for God. That one of the ways, moms, you get to model the, the, the truth of God's love. You get to model who Jesus really is. As a matter of fact, as we honor, as we honor our parents, we're honoring God. See, many people here, man, maybe uh, you weren't parented properly. Maybe they had lack. Maybe they were doing it in their own brokenness. Maybe they didn't do it the way they, they shoulda, coulda, woulda. But we can't go back there. Maybe they were parenting out of their brokenness, and we just got to leave that alone. Listen, but we can change the script. Listen, because your origin, your past will not determine your future. See, where you came from, listen, if you came out of brokenness and dysfunction, listen, who of us haven't come from brokenness and dysfunction? But that will not determine where we go in life. That will not determine the length that those arrows fly, that the arrows in the young people go. That will not hold us back. But what we want them, our young people to know is the authority of God and the promises of God so they can experience Him in a real way. That's what it means that it will go well with you. How many of y'all want... What, like all those kids that were up here, we have a bunch of kids in the back today. Don't you want it to go well with them? Yeah, I want it to go well with them. But they got to understand honor. They got to understand what that really means. And we got to model that for them. That's what you committed to today. Since you already committed to that, that's easy to say. I don't got to get you to commit again. You already done did. Come on. There it is. See, a culture of honor can celebrate who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. We at Bridge City Church honor. We honor people. All, we honor people who serve. We honor people who are here. We honor younger people. We honor people that are older. We honor everybody in between. Why? See, we can celebrate who we are without stumbling over who we are not. I want to tell you right now, God is not limited by our lack. God is not limited by what we are not. God is not limited by any of those things. So why should we limit ourselves? Why should I limit myself when God doesn't limit me? Why should I look at myself differently when God doesn't do that? God's not looking at you like a failure, like you messed up. No, he's looking at you like a champion. That's why he entrusted us with a generation of young people that we get to train up, we get to sharpen, and watch them hit the target that God has for their lives. Come on, somebody. Listen, that is what this is really, really all about. It's that God honoring here. So what we're going to do is we're going to do everything we can as a church, God's people, to encourage, support, and honor families and parenthood. We're going to do everything we can. Because you know what I've learned more and more lately? And I've learned this. My, my wife, Natalie, and I, we, we, we're, our, our small groups have just concluded. We, we, uh, we ran a group for parents just to encourage, support, and honor and value parenting. But lately, I've been thrust into a role, my wife and I, into not being primary parents for kids, but being primary protectors for kids. And I'm going to tell you what, um, uh, th th there's a reason that you're supposed to have kids when you're young, first of all. Let me just tell you that right now. I thought I'd get a bigger amen out there. Come on. 
Yeah, I, one thing I learned is I am not as young as I think I am. Come on. Number one. But number two, we live in a culture and a world that's filled with craziness. The things that young people and kids are facing in school, in our society, in our culture right now, there's a lot of craziness out there. Do you live in the same world I live in? And so we as a people are going to need to be clearer. See, give up the idea of perfection and grab a hold of clarity. What the next generation doesn't need is perfect parents. What they need is clear parents. They need clarity, not perfection. That's what they're crying for. A clear line, a clear word, a clear right and wrong. That's what our culture is crying for right here. There it is. See, so you've got to decide what makes a good mom. What makes a good mom? What makes a great mom? I want to tell you, first of all, it's not the year, the make, the model, and the color of your SUV. No, it is not. It is not the quality of birthday snacks that you send to school with your kids. Those things are nice, but they don't make you a great mom. Listen, they don't. What makes you a great mom is being humble before God, demonstrating love. Come on, speaking truth and embracing and, 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 and sharpening our kids for, for a purpose greater than our own. See, if you don't define what a good mom is, if you don't define what that is, then the world's going to define it for you. Why are we going to let the world define it for us when we, we got the handbook right here? It's the Word of God. How many, how many of y'all think this works right here? Come on, it works. It's not easy, but it works. Come on. That's the truth right there. So we want to influence the influencers today. Are you ready for it? Here is the big idea. Here's the big idea today. All women. How many women? All women, and especially moms, can have a great influence when they do these three things. Well, come on. When they show unconditional love, speak unconditional truth, and embrace unstoppable transitions. These, this, is, this is it right here. All women can have influence. All women in this room, all, especially moms. Listen, you can do what Jesus has given you to do. You can demonstrate love. See, God demonstrated unconditional love when he sent his only son to die for you and me before we did anything to deserve it. I think that's unconditional love. How about you? As a matter of fact, this, a picture of unconditional love is when a mom has a little baby, and that baby can do nothing back to, to please you. Come on, That baby has no ability to respond at that point. But you, you stay up late nights, and you get up in the middle of the night joyfully. Yeah, but you get up in the middle of the night, and you protect, and you feed, and you provide. And you do everything you can for that child. And you get nothing in return. But you're still going to demonstrate unconditional love. See, that's a picture of God's love for us. Before that child can do anything for you, you are demonstrating love. You are demonstrating that. That's unconditional love. That's what this is. It's a benevolence. It's, it's, it's all of those things. It's, it's, it's dying to yourself here. This is it. Now, unconditional love is not is not saying, I will tolerate whatever you do. No, that's not unconditional love. 
It doesn't mean I'm just going to tolerate you. I'm going to tolerate all your bad stuff. No. Unconditional love does something about all that stuff. Come on. Now, I'm going to look at an example, um, and it's not a familiar example in speaking about mommyhood. Okay? It's not one. But I'm going to give it to you anyhow. And I believe there's an example here about unconditional love that we can all learn from. And it's found in Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Jesus, he, he traveled about 50 miles. He's doing a leadership retreat for his followers. Okay, and then we're going to pick up the story. He's just with his followers here. And so Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. And he didn't want anybody to know where he was staying. But he couldn't keep it a secret. And right away, a woman, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there with the secret and woman thing there, just messing with you, who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. So picture this. Jesus is here. He's trying to keep it a secret. But this mom, her little girl, had a need. How many, how many ladies out there, how many moms know when your little girl, your little boy has a need, you're going to do whatever it takes to meet that need. You're going to find a way. That's what this mom was doing. She was going to find a way. She knew that the little girl had a problem that only Jesus could fix. And so she's going to find Jesus. No matter if he thinks it's a secret or not, she's going to go and start begin doing anything she can to solve this. And so here we go. In this next line, since she was a Gentile born in, in, in Syria, a Phoenician Syrian. Now, if you listen online to this message, I... I, I, I did a little slip here, and I didn't catch it till afterwards, so, but I'm going to correct it now. She was a Syrian Phoenician. She wasn't a, a, a girl named Felicia from Syria, okay? I'm just telling you that right now. I, I, somehow, I got Phoenicia or Felicia, something came out, but it wasn't right, and, and I couldn't go back and fix it, so I'm just I'm mending the air of my ways right now, okay? Okay, but... but but for clarity's sake, so you'll remember this when you get home, we're going to call her Phoenicia, okay? That's not her name, but that's what I'm going to refer to her as. So she was a Gentile. So she was a Gentile, which means she was outside of the Jewish religion. Okay, that's, that was the significance here. Okay? And so Jesus told her, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Huh. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer. Now, how many of you know when Jesus says good answer, it's a good answer? No, I'm serious. It's better than any family feud answer you could ever imagine. Come on. Come on. Good answer. Count me out. Come on. Good answer. Good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. Jesus is saying good answer. Come on. Good answer here. And he said, now go home for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. Now, 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 now I want you to track this. See, see, why was Jesus calling her a dog? That sounds so like derogatory. It does. As actually, if you would compare it to a term 
In today's day and age, it would be a worse term to you and me. I'm not going to say it because we're in church. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a worse term. It really was. Why? Because those outside the Jewish, the Jewish faith, were, they, they referred to them as dogs. They referred to them as that. Now, I want to I point out that this mom did not take offense at being even called a dog. She could have said, who do you think you're calling a dog? She could have just got all up in Jesus' grill. Come on, somebody. And she could have let him have it. Am I right? She could have said, mm-hmm, I'm a dog, huh? But she didn't. Why? Because there was a greater need. She knew her position was not a good one, but she still petitioned God anyhow. See, unconditional love will petition Jesus. It knows where the help comes from. It presses beyond my, uh, her own position. It pushes past even being a woman, uh, breaking in and talking to Jesus, which would have been different, but Jesus was okay with that. She was a different race, but Jesus was okay with that. Are you tracking me? See, see unconditional love goes beyond all those things. It goes beyond every bit of race. It goes beyond culture. It goes beyond gender. It goes beyond all those things. That's what Jesus does. Because there's something. It says, Jesus, we need something here. And so listen, if we want to champion family, if we want to champion parenting, what we want to have is an environment where we're encouraging moms and women in demonstrating unconditional love. Where do we get that from? Jesus. We're going to go to Jesus and get, get some more of that unconditional love here. And, and because that's what's so important here. That's the environment. That's the culture that we want. A welcome home culture. A welcome home. I hope that in your home, that, it, that listen, we have this at church. It says, welcome home when you come here. Do you know, what I believe, know why we do that? Because when you come to Bridge City Church, we believe you found a home. We believe you found a church home. You may have stumbled in here for whatever reason today. Maybe it's your first time, 12th time, 8th time, 100th time. I don't know. But we believe this is a welcome home place. But I hope it's not only here. I believe your house, I hope that it has a welcome home on it. I hope that it has a culture and environment where unconditional love. But Jesus in John 1, Jesus, it said that he was filled with truth and grace. I'm going to use the word love. There's love and then there's truth. Do you know that every one of us lean a little heavier when it comes to uh, being more loving and accepting or being more truthful? Now, I'm just going to take a quick survey here. How many of y'all are a little more on the love and mercy side? Come on, just love and mercy side. Okay, about four people here. Oh, my Lord, you're scaring me. Come on, raise your hands. Help me out. You're a little more on the love side. How many of you are on the more of the truth side? I just want some truth going here. Come on, I like, I like truth. I like it truthful. Come on. But how many of you know moms out there, ladies out there, we need both of those. See, we need love and we need truth. Okay, we need to have both of those. We need unconditional love. Oh, yeah, I'm going to love you, but I'm not as good. Listen, the truth is that I don't always like everything you do. Are you a parent or not out there? Come on, somebody. Are you? Like, yeah, I love you. I'm always going to love you. And I'm believing we're going to make it past today, but come on, somebody. I don't like everything you do. That's the truth. Am I right? Come on. 
So we need both of these. So all women, especially moms, can have a great influence when they show unconditional love and when they speak unconditional truth. Oh, we need both of these. Oh, we got to have both. And we, we need to encourage ladies. We need to, come on. We need to encourage young moms. You need both of these. We need both. Come on. We, got, we, need, we, need to, we need to feel the tension here. This is so important. So I'm going to read to you a couple verses um, out of Proverbs 31. Now, Proverbs 31, if you're new to reading the Bible, it's a chapter in the Bible called The Virtuous Woman. Matter of fact, when you read ch chapter 31, it's like this woman, she, she owns several companies, she hires, she fires, she sells stuff, she owns like property, then she has like 18 kids and they're all perfect and they, and they never have a runny nose and they, and they always dress to match. I mean, uh, it, you read this and it's like, it's like, I don't like her. Most moms don't like her. But you realize that was over a lifetime, not before noon. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And so we're just going to read a couple verse, verses about this virtuous woman here. And when she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instructions with kindness. Mom's out there. you got to give instruction. Come on. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. See, she has kindness. She has kindness and truth. But, it's, but she's not timid, but she's not vain. She's not arrogant, but she's not timid. She can speak truth because she's watching her household. She's speaking wisdom here. Listen, that's what they'll do. In the next verses, that her, that her family, her kids, and husbands rise up and call her blessed. Do you know what I want to say to all, all the women out there, especially the moms right now? Blessed. Uh, blessed. Because you can speak truth in love. You can be honest, and that's love. Now, I grew up with three older brothers. And um, so we have four boys in our home. Grew up not far from here in a uh, little town, Level Green, Trafford, not far from here in a real little house. And even as a, as a, as a young boy, I, I got a, I, my mom, I, I got an understanding of her, of her truth. She was going to speak truth. She was going to watch her household. Now, there's a magazine, I don't know if you ever heard of it, called Sports Illustrated. Now, once a year, Sports Illustrated comes out with a swimsuit edition, okay, and, 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 and my brothers always got Sports Illustrated, my dad, and so there's a, there's a, so it would, it would have, and I'll, I'll be honest, when I was a young boy, I never knew what was in it. I want to tell you why. Because by the time I got the magazine, even as a young boy and, and watching it, the front cover was missing and several pages in it. You think I'm kidding. I am not kidding. That she would, my mom would get it, and she would go through it, and she would take out every picture. She would. And, 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 and see, she, she could have just made an excuse. She said, well, boys will be boys. Boys is going to do that. My mom did not have that boys is boys thing. No, what she was doing is she was watching over her house. And do you know what I learned at a young age? Three older brothers, my dad, nobody ever argued with her. Nobody ever said, oh, mom. Y'all didn't do that in my house. 
No. See, she was watching over her house. And she said, other houses may do that, but we're not going to do that here. See, that was, the, that was the implied message there. See, other people may do this, but we're not doing that here. Well, I'm going to watch my house, and what comes into my house is only going to be what's edifying and pleasing to God. I thought some of you ladies would be cheering right about now. Come on, somebody. Yeah. A little better than that. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, come on. But see, truth is so important, and you've got to be able to speak unconditional truth. The truth is, is we're going to protect, and we're going to have a, we're going to have a home that has encouragement, has honor and value and support for what God honors in our home. That's what these parents stood up and said they're going to do today. That's what we're going to do, and that's how we're going to do it right there. That's what's so important here. Truth. And, 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 and moms who refuse to tell the truth, they, you know what's going to happen eventually when you, when you fail to tell the truth? You're going to drive yourself crazy, and you're going to drive your kids away. Because eventually there's going to be no order. And nobody wants to be in an environment where there's no order. Nobody wants an environment where there's no order. I, I didn't say control. I said order. A godly order. That's why honor your father and your mother. It will go well with you. You'll, there's going to be an authority. There's going to be a responsibility. There's going to be an honor. There's gonna, we're going to honor God as we honor parents. Are, are, are you with me there? So all, ma, all, all women, especially moms, can have a great influence when they do these three things. Number one, you, have, you show unconditional love when you speak unconditional truth. But this last one here is to embrace unstoppable transitions. Now, Pastor Rick, what on earth does it mean to embrace unstoppable transitions? I want to tell you what, no matter how much you wish your kids would stay in that like cute stage, they're going to keep growing. You can't stop your kids from growing. There's all these transitions that they're going to have in life. There's all these transitions that you can't stop. And, and my mom, she, she did a great job at, at at monitoring truth in our home, keeping our, watching our household, speaking truth. But she did a great job at this as well, as embracing unstoppable transitions. We got we to gotta embrace them. You got to accept it. So to help you out a little bit, I'm just going to give this, I, I like to give this every so often, four stages of parenting. Four stages of parenting. So if you're going to encourage parents, if you're going to encourage families, I want to give you something that you can encourage now. Okay, You can influence the influencers. You can support in value and honor. Now, you all said you're going to do that, right? Come on, so this is going to be for you. Now, now why didn't I list birth to, to, to one-year-old? This is why. When, when a child is born to about one-year-old, there's no stage for that. The only, the only thing you can call that is called survival. Come on. Come on, am I, am I right? Come on, we have one goal. It's called survival. And we're going to make it to one. And after one, it's going to get better. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's why we don't include that. But then after like one to about four, it's going to be the stage of discipline. Everything's discipline, discipline, discipline. We're going to discipline, discipline, discipline. Actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Even going through the terrific twos. 
Don't ever say they're terrible. Keep saying they're terrific. These are awesome. This is wonderful. God, trust me. Come on, keep telling yourself that. Every mom that has a two-year-old, you're going to have to tell God trusts you. God is with you. This is terrific. This is awesome. Don't ever say terrible. This is awesome. Come on. Then they go into the stage of training. 5 to 12 is all about training. Training, 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 training some more. Training, training. Pick up, pick up your toys. We're going to put them where they belong. You're going you're gonna to put your, your, your dirty clothes in the hamper. Then we're going to learn to sort the dirty clothes. And then, listen, by 12 years old, they, shouldn't be, they should know how to wash their own clothes. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you. And, um, and uh, we're not taking them down to the creek and beating them with rocks like we did when I was a kid. Come on. We are putting them right in that. We're putting them right in there. Yeah. And so they should know how to do that. We are not going to wash them by hand. It's push them in. Learn what buttons to push, okay? Sometimes I need kids to help me learn that. It's so digital. I mean... We're staying, my wife, was, we're learning how to do laundry. She said, oh, my goodness. She said the, the washing machine, we're, we're helping out with some kids and helping out with a family. They got, they, got, they got Wi-Fi hooked up to there. It's like, oh, good God, I don't know what we're doing next, okay? Somebody help me, Lord, you know? I used to be two settings, you know? <laughs> Push one or the other. <laughs> Who cares if it's hot or cold? <laughs> yeah. You know, but by training, by 12 years old, they should, they should, know, they should know how to clean up the table. They should, know how to, they should know how to cook dinner and clean up the table by 12. I'm not talking about Uber Eats. I'm talking about cooking dinner. Come on, somebody. No, I'm serious. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, that's training, 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 training. And then somewhere around 13, it's 13, and I, and I, I raised, this, raised this up to about 20, maybe 21, 22. You're coaching them. You're not solving their problems, but you're coaching. I'm going to coach. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to help you decide. We're going to coach. I can't control you, but I'm going to coach you. Coach, coach, coach. Now, in, in parenting group, actually, this last term that we were, we were just finishing, somebody actually brought up a couple questions, and it caused me to rethink this a little bit. And uh, we know that there's a stage where you get to be their friend. Now, first of all, don't try to be a six, seven, eight-year-old's friend. Don't do that, Jesus' name. Come on. I know I'm saying that's, that's training, 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 and coaching, coaching, coaching. So somebody asked, like, so when you get to be their friend, I, I'm going to give you Pastor Rick's thoughts on this. You get, to be, you get to be their friend when they're no longer on your dime. <laughs> when you're no longer paying for whatever it is they're doing, then we can start being friends. Because I got lots of friends. I don't pay for their schooling. I don't pay for their meals. I don't pay for their room and board. I don't pay for any of those things. So somewhere after they get out of the house, then you can start being a friend. Don't be a friend too soon. Because you're, you're, you're pulling something from your kids that they're not created or designed to give you. So, so, so when, when can you, after, the, after they, they start getting on their own, then you can be a friend. Then you can speak to them that way. Is that good help for you today? Come on, so I'm, so I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you something to encourage you. I'm trying to help you encourage and support and honor because that's what we're going to do for moms at Bridge City Church. So, in, in, so what's this whole thing with embracing transitions? I want to look to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Come on, Mary. There's no better. Okay, let's look at Mary. First of all, an angel shows up and interrupts her perfect wedding, her perfect life, and now she's going to be the mom to the Son of God. Talk about pressure. 
Lord have mercy. So she had to go through a transition right there. And then at 12 years old, Jesus, they're making a journey. You know, some say one, two, three days away. And then it's like Joseph looks at Mary and says, where's Jesus? And, and Mary looks at Joseph and says, I thought you had him. He says, I thought you were watching him. And it's like, where is he? So he must be here. And they can't find him. So they have to trek back a couple of days and they find him. And Jesus is in the temple. He's talking with the rabbis. And, and, and they're like, and, and I, like they, they were parents. Now, I know you can't imagine being mad at Jesus. But if you just traveled two days home and maybe three days back, and you, didn't, you just realized where Jesus is and you found him in the temple, what would be your first words for your kids? Hmm. But Jesus said, what? Didn't you think I'd be about? I've been, I'm about my father's business. I'm in, I'm in God's house. See, there was a transition happening in Mary's, in, in Mary's life with Jesus. Not only that, there's a wedding. In John chapter 2, there's this wedding. And Jesus didn't do any miracles yet. So they're at a wedding, and they ran out of wine. And so Mary's like, Jesus, you're going to do something about this. And Jesus says, he, this is what it records in John chapter 2. You're going to read this. It's really cool. He says, woman. Now, for those of you that think it's okay to call your mom woman, I'm going to tell you don't do that. If you want to know why I speak on behalf of personal experience, I will tell you why. Don't do that. You may think it's a sign of respect, but it's not. But he said, woman. He said, woman, what's that have to do with me? And so Mary says, well, you're going to do something about it. So whatever he says, do it. See, there was a transition in happening. There was a transition in happening. So Jesus had a greater purpose. I'm going to come back to the, to the Luke um, uh, 8 or 18, 8 one right there in a minute. Then Jesus on the cross. Here's Jesus dying one of the most horrible Horrible deaths ever imaginable. And Mary's watching it. What mom would just sit there and watch when Jesus is getting whipped and she wouldn't walk up and say, give me that whip. I'm going to show you what it's for. What mom wouldn't have said, I would rather take that for my son. What mom wouldn't have done that? But she... She knew Jesus had to go through a horrible situation and suffer because there was a greater purpose on his life. Follow me, moms. Follow me, ladies. Ladies, especially you ladies are going to start encouraging. You're going to take this, and you're going to become an encourager, a supporter, an honor, and a valuer of, of, of parents. Listen to me. Kids need to go through rough times. They're going to suffer because there's a greater purpose on their life. And if we protect them from suffering, they're not going to live the greater purpose of God on their lives. Now, I'm not making light of the crucifixion. Please, if I'm communicating that, I apologize. That's not my heart. But my heart is, is that we need to hold fast to that. Are you with me? You, if we never allow the next generation to go through adversity, this is what I believe. Adversity is designed to show us what's important in our lives. Every time I go through adversity, do you know what I really, know what it reveals? What's important in my life? Anybody with me? As a matter of fact, the older I get, the more I realize that's what adversity does in me. It shows me what's important. And if we protect and we hover and we helicopter and, we, and we're preventing the next generation from going through anything trying, we're going to prevent them from seeing what's important in life. Is that helping you today? 
So let's look at this one example. It's the last couple verses I'm going to read to you. It's in Luke chapter 8. Jesus is going around. He's doing miracles. He's doing all these things. And, um, and Jesus' mother and brothers come to see, came to see him, and they couldn't get to him because of the crowds. There's a big crowd, okay? And, 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 and so they're, they're knocking. Hey, where's Jesus? We came to see him. This is Mary. This is Jesus' brother. We want to see him. I came to see Jesus. I want, I want to talk to him. I want to press through the crowd here. And, and, and someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, and they want to see you. And Jesus replied, my mother and my brother, my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. Could you imagine Mary being outside like, excuse me, I, I came to see you. And now you're going to say that your mother and your brothers are those who do the will of God? Come on, how many ladies out there? You'd be like, I can hear you say that. Come on, I'm right here. Am I right? Are you serious? But no. There was a transition there. She had to embrace there was a greater purpose and a greater transition and a greater anointing and a greater cause on Jesus' life. What we're trying, what I'm trying to say to you to encourage, to support to honor and to value parenting and families and to all these families that stood up here and all the families who have stood up on this stage and said that we want to train and raise up in, in the fear and the admonition and the love of the Lord. May we help them embrace the transitions that there's a greater purpose on our kids' lives. May we help embrace that. May we help lead the way with that. May we help do that. So, all women, Especially moms can have a great influence when they do these three things. Show unconditional love. Speak unconditional truth. And embrace unstoppable transitions. If you're here today and you want to be a part of championing, honoring, encouraging, valuing families, parents, kids, would you stand to your feet with me so I can pray pray for you today. That's all you're saying. I just want to, I want to champion family. That's all. I want to, I want to honor parents. I want to support and honor in the best way I know how. That's all you're agreeing to. That's all you're agreeing to right now. That's it. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person standing right now. I pray, Lord God, that for every person, God, that, that you would help us champion your cause. For everybody that's out there right now, Lord God, that just says, yeah, I want to help, give them a somebody they can help. Give them a somebody they can speak to. And for every woman out there that's a mom, give them a somebody who can speak to them. Give them somebody, God, somebody to encourage them, somebody to speak life to them, somebody to help them, Lord. And help Bridge City Church be a generational church. Lord God, from the oldest up in their 90s all the way down to the nursery the newborns Lord God let us please you and serve you in Jesus name
In this moment, I want to share one more thing with you, and that is how can we demonstrate unconditional love? There's really only one way to demonstrate unconditional love, and that's to receive unconditional love. And Jesus demonstrated that on the cross. When we were still yet sinners, he's, God sent Jesus to die for you and for me, for our sins. Some sins I did, some sins were done to me. But Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we didn't have to carry our guilt, our shame, and all of those things with us. He died so that we could have a new start. And so we have to, we have to be able to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. And then what we need to do is say, Jesus, now lead me in this new life. Lead me with you being the one in charge. That's how we begin a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that, you came to the right place. I didn't say, do you believe in God? Do you accept that there's a God? Or you believe? I said, no. Have you transferred the trust off of your life and on to Jesus Christ and what he alone can do in, in our lives? If that's you right in this moment, I want you just in your way, in your heart, just to say, God, here am I. And Lord God, I pray over every person that's here today. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would help them and help us live for you and live for a greater cause. If you're here today and you say, I never prayed that prayer, but in my heart, I, I, I want that to be on your seats. There's a card, and you're going to fill out that card. And on there, there's a box that says, I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my past and the leader to my future. You're going to check that off. And on your way out, you're going to put that card in the offering basket as a way to offer your life to Jesus on the way out. You're going to put that in that offering and say, this is my life for Jesus, forgiver of my past, leader to my future. One of the best things you'll ever do in your Hey, last thing we're going to do is the worship team's going to lead us in a song. And after that, Pastor Eric's going to come up and tell us about the great things we got for all the ladies here today. But you know what? I believe that the women of Bridge City Church, one of the pow most powerful things is to have a sisterhood. And I'm inviting all the women in the, in the room right now to come forward and be, just just come up front. You, all, all you're going to do is sing together. and We're going to, we're going to lower everything here, and we're going to sing a song. So yeah, like all the women, just come up. You're, you're, just, you're, you're not committing anything. You're just going to say, we're, just, we're going to be a sisterhood. We're going to just, just, we're just going to worship God together. And maybe you know the person next to you. This isn't just for the members of the church. This is for all women. This is, you know what? We need a sisterhood. Come on. Come on up front here. Come on. I, you don't have to get real close to the stage. I, don't worry. I'm going to Come on up, come on up, yeah. All the women. See, something powerful when women say, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I got your back. I got your back. The women, when you do that for one another, that's powerful. Come on up, come on, come on, follow up all the way up here. That's it. That's it. Bring Audrey. That's it. That's it. Come on. Come on. Okay. And so all you're saying, I'm going to speak a blessing on you. And, and then the women will sing this song, Firm Foundation. And the rest of you all out there, we're going to sing too. But Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing on the women of Bridge City Church and every woman in this room right now. I pray, Lord God, you'd make them be an influence to the influencers, Lord God. Create a sisterhood that values and honors and encourages women 
to be the women of God that you created them to be, God. Let every woman up front here, Lord God, be a woman that others rise up and calls them blessed in Jesus' name. God, thank you for the privilege and the honor, Lord God, of all that this means, Lord God. And let you be the firm foundation, Lord God, in their hearts and in their lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship God together, just right where you are right now.